Welcome to Becoming Iconic, the masterclass for you by me, Jen Spiegel. I am your host and also the founder of Becoming Iconic, which is a global brand supporting entrepreneurs in their life, business, and most importantly, leadership. I am so glad you're here. Enjoy. Oh, here we are this week's masterclass. And I am so thrilled that these masterclasses also involve these incredible humans that I get to surround myself with. And today's guest is Jenny Mitchell, who is a dear friend at this point, but also one of my partners. She's a private client of mine, but we have far exceeded the client relationship. We are people who get each other and really hold a light towards one another. So I'm so thrilled to share her with you because Jenny Mitchell is an executive coach and also a professional fundraiser. Jenny is also the co-host of Your Next 50 podcast, a great podcast, friends. Go listen to it. It's so good. They have just beautiful conversations over there. And so to have her here today was really exciting for me because we had had a personal conversation based on a conversation I had had with a client. And this client that I had said, I am really not motivated by income. I'm not motivated by the growth of the revenue in my business. I'm motivated by impact. I want to make a change in the world. I am a philanthropist. And it really brought a lot up in and through me to pay attention to and recognize and some discerning questions for myself, but also the realization that there are people out there, entrepreneurs, specifically, I'm going to call out fempreneurs who have a deep desire to create impact and change through their personal brand. So today, this masterclass, it is the 10 ways to incorporate generosity into your personal brand. Jenny is the person to do this. She's incredible. She's exceptional. Jenny, oh, you're here. So, so glad. Welcome to the podcast. Whoa. Well, goodness gracious, Jen, with an introduction like that, thank you so much for having me and welcome to everybody listening. I, I can't wait to sort of share some of my thoughts and ideas about how generosity can be incorporated into a strategy rather than an add-on. Mm. And I believe fully, Jenny, when we start doing things that are bigger than ourselves, it just brings a lot more energy into what we're doing and and the energy into our day and our activity and so on. So I'm excited for that. But I do want people to know you because you are such a special person. So maybe you could give us like the Coles Note version of how you became an executive coach and a professional fundraiser and starting the podcast. What led you here? Well, okay. Well, so you've got to back up a little bit here, Jen. You got to back up to circa 1980, Laura Ashley, actually. If you remember Laura Ashley dresses, I was a classical piano player. And so every year I would go out with my mother and I would pick a new Laura Ashley dress. Just think like shoulder, puffy shoulders and colors and flowers, people, if you're listening. Um, And I was a classical musician and I was a really great hurdle jumper. And what that means is put something in front of me, I would jump it. And I was good at school. Um, I actually ended up doing three degrees, if you can believe it, as a classical musician, a, a bachelor's, a master's, where I moved to New York City and had a chance to be with the big with the big fish, and finally a doctorate degree out in Long Island at a place called SUNY Stony Brook. And I fell into raising money for pianos because at the conservatory where I was working in Brooklyn, I lived in New York for 11 years, the pianos were terrible. And so I went to the fundraising office and said, hey, we got we to do something about this. Like our pianos are terrible. We cannot have our students performing on this. And she turned to me and she said, well, you know, Jenny, we'd have to fundraise for that. 
And I was like, okay, so how do I do that? You know, what's the, what's the process? And basically I just fell in love with fundraising. And what I loved about it was the way it brought people together. Um, I'm not talking about chocolate bar, you know, give me 10 bucks, I'll give you a chocolate bar. I'm not talking about wine raffles for your local hockey or ringette team. I'm talking about deep seated commitment to the love of humankind. So the word philanthropy for me means the love of humanity and the way you show that love, yes, I see you smiling, Jen, is through through money, I know. And so I've gotten you as far as fundraiser, but then there's another jaunt there, right? Because from fundraiser, and I'm not gonna lie, having two babies in New York City was, uh, well, let's just call it challenging. It was not quite as exciting. I had 820 square feet. Um, and so it seemed like when the kids picked up the applesauce to eat, it went everywhere. Like I was cleaning every single surface and moved back to Canada. And the thing that brought me to executive coaching um, was that every turn, the best part of the people that I worked with in the organizations were the staff. And my idea and my vision was if I could elevate the people in the organization, Jen, if I could provide them with some skills, some insight, some personal knowledge of themselves, then the world was our oyster. Rather than being a consultant type person, I wanted to move to being a coach, a cheerleader, an advisor, a wise counsel. And so that's what completed my journey into executive coaching. And now I work um, almost exclusively with senior leadership suite folks. I do work now outside the not-for-profit world, and I'm delighted to have some tech companies, some women entrepreneurs, um, as well as my also my beautiful not-for-profits and charities that I support. So that's my story, girlfriend. Mm. And here's something really odd to admit to, but I have to uh -huh. admit it. We've been working together for quite a while. I did not know you lived in New York for 11 years. Oh, I loved New York. I mean, it was... It was the Mecca. I was a musician. I would remember going to the uh, Metropolitan uh, Opera and we would buy the $13 tickets, you know, and we'd stand for the whole opera at the back. Lincoln Center, um, food. Oh my goodness, food. Just go to New York for the food. So it was a really, really transformational. I had gone down for my master's and um, both of my babies were born in New York as well, which is kind of cool. I didn't know that. I mean, I knew that you had that experience, but I didn't realize the longevity of that and the the sort of home you made there. That's incredible. And I love how you describe philanthropy. Mm. Because again, another realization, even in just your introduction, and I know this this whole masterclass is going to be full of aha moments, but one that came for me is, have I even decided for myself what that means? So you have had this thought behind the word and what that purpose means through the the giving, the generosity, the way of lending a hand or financially. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I've actually mm -hmm. put that much thought into it. So thank you for that lesson. Just within the mm. introduction of yourself, that is a really big one, friends listening in. I want to challenge us to that. What is in fact philanthropy to you? Because we get to have different ideas around that. The same way is with the word iconic. How I see the word iconic will be different than how you or the next person declare that within your own lives. So that's that's special. And I think for me as an evolution philanthropy and, and how I choose to show my values through my giving would be the way I would express it. And it's been a process, right? When you're 25 and you've maybe you have your first mortgage or maybe you don't, you know, money is tight. See, the giving that you can do is 
is limited, but giving is still important. There's, it's not the size of the gift. And as I've grown as a person, I've found my new, new charities of, I shouldn't say charities really, it's more like causes, isn't it? We don't really gravitate. That's another lesson to learn is in general, people don't give to a charity. They give to make change happen in the community. And the charity is the go-to or the go-between. Um, there's a great expression somebody has that says, you know, people aren't looking for more charities to give to. They're looking for causes to support. And, um, you know, we're going to talk today about aligning our businesses with what we believe in and putting our celebrity, our brand, our commitment behind those Charities can be mutually beneficial. There's nothing wrong with philanthropy being a win-win situation. And I hope I can bring um, some new light on different ways, different creative ways that business owners can choose to show up for the things that really matter for them and differentiate themselves. You're always about that brand piece, Jen. How can they differentiate themselves from all of the other coaches, all the other um, right now, there seems to be all sorts of essential oil people, you know, whatever it is that makes them stand out. I'll, I'll tell you one quick story. I actually, I just realized this. When I was in New York looking to purchase a home back here in Ottawa, I chose my realtor in Ottawa. Um, I'm here in Ottawa, Canada, because she had a foundation that used to give a chunk of every one of their commissions back to the community. It had a Boys and Girls Club connection. And so just for example, we know that people are making choices based on philanthropic values. And I'm a case in point. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you know what I foresee, because I, I feel very intuitive to the world and especially the coaching industry, is I foresee in 2022 and beyond that our marketing strategy, our plans far exceed the attraction marketing in terms of the way it looks and even the copy we write. And more of us showing our individuality and our uniqueness through our values, through our character, through those attributes that we can declare openly. And all of a sudden, we build these communities with similar characteristics, similar values. And to me, that is very powerful. That's like a freight train that's pretty hard mm -hmm. to stop. You bet. You bet. Um, and, and let's remember, too, like, you know, this is your... <laughs> cornucopia of philanthropy or giving. Nobody has to tell you how to do it. I hope we can provide you with some ideas here today. But, you know, just because you're a woman business doesn't mean you want to support women's causes. Just because you love animals. I mean, obviously, animals, dogs are going to be close to my heart if you know anything about me. Um, they always get a nod for me. Um, but being creative and, you know, aligning with the kind of personality you are, I actually have a program called the Money Archetype Program where I identify through an assessment, you've heard me talk about this, um, what your profile is for money. And this was super helpful for me because as you said in the intro, not everybody is motivated by money. Our accumulators are motivated by money, but many of us like myself, I'm an alchemist, so impact and ideas really matter to me. And so we can have this beautiful experience of our businesses, almost like a like a new dimension. Um, I find that women businesses tend to be very autobiographical. And so having this idea of who we are and what we support and what we believe being reflected through our, our charitable giving, through our brand alignment on our website, in the, the kind of guests we have. I mean, it's just kind of like a, it's a perfect storm and it feels freaking good. <laughs> yeah, it does. 
Yeah, it does. So let's get into it. Let's get right into it because I feel like we're all like, ooh, Jenny, share with us these 10 <laughs> ways because that I first of all, I love the idea of 10 ways because those are applicable mm. things that we can put into action. So I'm ready to gobble up everything you have to share. So okay. why don't you hit the ground running? I'm ready. And I just want you all to know that I had to whittle this down to 10. I was like, and we could do this and we could do this. So number one, which is probably maybe the most obvious is to give a percent of your profits to charity. So that's maybe the easiest one. And that comes, you know, philanthropy isn't a standalone. It exists in the world of, of community, in the world of culture, religion. We were taught way back when tithing is an old word from religion. And what it implies is that you tithe your income to the church. And so maybe whatever that number is, it's not for me to judge what the percentage is, but maybe there's a piece that you always choose to give back every year. And that's the way you motivate. So that's number one is a percent. Number two, how about a special item? I can think of some of your clients actually, Jen, that have special items that they offer to their community where the proceeds or a portion of the proceeds go back to a charity of choice. Um, sometimes this is called cause marketing. Love that expression. And I hope to pepper in some language for you guys that are listening. Um, so like Roots did a thing way back when I'm dating myself again, Laura, Ashley and Roots, my goodness. Um, and the Roots hat had um, friends of the environment, or maybe it was Nature Conservancy, but it had a logo of Nature Conservancy. And so that was a partnership where there was a mutual marketing benefit. And that is absolutely available to you. And you'll find, uh, you don't have to go big with a charity. You can often find a local charity that really wants to partner with you on that, especially if you have a product or something that you want to you wanna move um, and they can facilitate bringing their audience to you. So those are my first start, first two. Um, can I give you one more? Yeah, please. Go I love that. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of a generic one, but the word sponsorship, right? So, so think about um, when people sponsor. So uh, the, uh, the women's conference in LA, Jen Spiegel's brand decides to sponsor. And the thing about sponsorship to remember is it's not really a donation. So in other words, sponsorship is about, I give you this money, in exchange, you give me these benefits. Nothing wrong with it, um, but making sure that you're clear on both sides of what each person's going to um, commit to doing. Um, and as a as a brand, you want to make sure you can well both sides really. You want to make sure you can honor those commitments. Where will the logos be placed? All that kind of thing. So, percent of proceeds, special items or cause marketing, sponsorship, which may be familiar to you. And I'm not talking about like throw a logo on a poster and be done with it, right? I just want to be clear. I'm really tired of that. There's no relationship. There's no, there's no warm fuzzies. It feels a little bit transactional and it's not going to bring people to your brand the way you deserve to have them connect with you. So try for something multi-year, multi-event. Um, and then, you know, the other way that people forget, and this is number, when are we at? Four. What about lending your expertise? So we've talked about money. What about uh, bringing your expertise to a board of directors, um, to volunteering? If you're not into meetings, I get that. I, I happen to just be a real committee junkie. I mean, I just love the idea of people coming together and making the world a better place. And it just totally jazzes me out. So that's where you'll find me. But even just, you know, volunteering to be a burger flipper and having a chance to connect with your community a different way. Sometimes you forget about volunteering and, and joining a board. So how about 
it says a little bit more nuanced, lending your celebrity to a cause or a mission. So you'll see that, you know, Mike Holmes, for example, um, put his signature on SOS Children's Villages, which is a Canadian charity where they build houses in Africa. I mean, how perfect an alignment there. Um, for some of you folks listening, you know, I can think of a bunch of women's shelters or abused women places who would just love to have a little bit of pampering, right? Um, and what a chance to bring visibility through your celebrity, you know, your brand, your celebrity, um, and reaching new audiences. So I'll, I'll stop there, but that's one of my, my favorites. And remember, you get to determine what that partnership or relationship looks like. You don't have to settle. Um, and I just want to highlight that. Mm. So what this says to me as I'm listening just to the first five is how expansive this can be, that sometimes we narrow philanthropy into mm. a donation and or volunteering. So that's where my head goes. Okay, you give money or you give time. Like that's that's what we do. What I've learned now just through the first five is, oh, wait, there's actually ways I'm doing this without even recognizing that I'm doing this. And I actually see some areas I could be more expansive be more generous and really start to feel that more encompassed in my brand. I, I, for example, even podcasting came up. This is to me a level, it is, I, I've always looked at podcasting as a level of philanthropy and giving because the investment for myself and yourself having a podcast, it's high. This is not an inexpensive way of serving. <laughs> However, anybody gets to come in and listen to these words of wisdom. Anybody can take the time to learn and grow and become more and be around people who light them up. So I've often looked at this as a way, one of the ways in which, would that fit into one of the first five in your oh, opinion? Oh yeah, you bet. And, and that idea of giving of yourself, right? Um, and I think there's there's so much there's so much nuance there what I, where I actually thought you were going, and that's not on my list, so let's call this 5A, is what about just even giving a nod to some of your favorite charities during the podcast? I'm not talking about a full distraction or a full episode, but, you know, if, if you love this, you know, here are some of, one of the things I love to do as a gift, okay, so here's another one, is um, when people come on my podcast, I will often say, um, you know, I've in honor of you, I've made a donation to a charity that I think you would really love. Like I've often picked the animals because that's my favorite. But you know, that idea of finding out what that person values this year for, to my accountant, I actually gave a gift, quite a substantial gift to uh, an organization I know she supports. And it's, um, it's about immigrant women and helping them get back on their feet. And she was through the moon that I didn't get her another bottle of wine. Nothing wrong with wine, let me be clear. But just for something different, um, that there was this donation I made in honor of her. So let's make that number six, making a donation in honor of a special client or a special person that's on your team. That was beautiful. And I think that is so thoughtful. Mm -hmm. It's not just going to the store, getting a bottle of wine, putting a bow on it and sending. There's actually, to me, that feels like bigger consideration. Yeah. Yeah. And remember, I had to know a fair bit about my accountant to know that she would appreciate that. That's the, just the way I show up in the world. Um, and I know that's important. Relationships are important to you. And I would guess that those of you listening, 
have some special people in your world that would really appreciate that. Um, it was, it's just so touching, right? That's the thing about philanthropy. Just as we talk about adding this generosity into our strategies, it just feels really good. Um, and it adds a level of meaningfulness. I think so much more than, you know, buy this thing, do this thing, show up for this thing. It's like, this is what I stand for. It speaks to the emotions, right? It's that human connection that, you know, I'm very, I talk a lot about having, being brave enough to have conversations that matter. That's one of my favorite catchphrases. I use that a lot in my uplift program that I teach. And um, I always find it interesting. So we got to six, which was honor a client. Seven is host a third party fundraiser. So bring in, do an event where I've done this a lot with ticket sales. So, you know, even if it's virtual, gosh, it sounds like we're going to be virtual for a while, but you know, the Eventbrite, you can have a, I did a Chavender learning week uh, back in November and 50% of the proceeds went to a charity of choice of one of the people that was at the event. It was such a lovely feel good. You know, and the lady that won it, it she was from the Great Apes uh, Sanctuary in Florida. Like these amazing people. And I tell you, her emails, I open every single one because all it is is, is photos of orangutans, Jen. Like it's just <laughs> the best. Um, so, you know, you can do that. You can host a third party um, fundraiser um, or flip it around and say, you know, lend your platform. So if you're hosting something, bring in a charity in to speak to your audience. That's also a very effective way um, to bring the message. There's a lot of like, I hope you're, if you're listening, you're getting this idea of kind of crossover, right? Being creative and, and sharing audiences and sharing values. I think that's really a message I want to get across, Jen. Yeah. And the word I think that would resonate with the community really well is collaboration. But I think what we're doing is always looking for collaboration in a way that serves us. And so what this, what this is teaching me, and I hope people are catching on to is it's not eliminating the you in that collaboration, because of course you get to benefit what you had already said. It's just adding that next layer of you, that person you're collaborating with and the greater community. So how can we make this bigger? The word expansive is just popping up over and over again. I remember I did this back in 2021. I had a guest on the podcast, Marky, who had been a victim of sex trafficking. Yes, and I was I, oh just gosh. wildly affected by her story because this was actually in my own backyard, this was happening, which I could not believe was, I mean, this is my innocence and where I can be very naive. And I ended up doing a, a course and I believe it was 50%. I can't remember the exact amount, but it was substantial. Went back to the actual place that held Marky and rehabilitated her back. And that was such a good feeling. And what I love about that, Jenny, that I would love people to recognize is if you are someone who loves revenue and loves income, and this is not necessarily pulling at your heartstrings yet, the one thing I can tell you is that this is where it's mutually beneficial. When you decide because it's aligned and it's right and you're called to, do something like donate to a charity through something that you launch a program, a service, you actually end up having a bigger audience, a wider audience. So maybe 10 people would have signed up before, but now maybe it's 15, 20, 40 people sign up because not only are they going, oh, wow, I'm going to come into Jenny's world. I'm going to learn from her. I've always wanted to be a part of a program. But actually, when I spend this money, 50% of it is going to help this cause 
now I'm really in. So it'll actually really help your audience to make some really great decisions for themselves as well. Mm, that's so true. And let's be honest, charities are always working on limited budgets. So you may have amazing marketing uh, expertise that they will be so grateful for. Um, and you'd be surprised at how adaptive they can be. So absolutely, Jen, it's about amplifying is also a word that's coming up for me. Um, the other thing I do, so this is nine, and this is a funny one. So you know when you get stuck, right? You know when it's just you're kind of in a bit of a lull or you're in a you're in between maybe. Sometimes I call that the messy middle. You know, for those of us that are, you know, the launch is over and you're between A and B and a little despondent, I will often go online and just make a donation. Just to get the money flowing back into that world, just to get those that universe to let me know that I am ready for the next opportunity that it's going to drop into me. And I have had such incredible experiences with that. So don't forget that too. The circulation of money. That's another podcast I want to do with you because you are excellent at teaching this. But I do agree, right? Helping that economy yeah. move and being generous. If you expect generosity into your life, I really believe that a lot of that is in you, know, you being generous back out into the world. How can we ask to receive when we're not willing to give? Oh, that's a great one. I like number nine. That might be my favorite so far. <laughs> mm, I know. And it's, and it's so easy, right? It's like, yeah. oh, um, and it's, it's such a magical one. And so, you know, what's kind of nice about this list is that there's some really easy ones. There's some more bigger commitments that are more strategic for your business. And I wanted, I felt that the last one, number 10, needed its own space because it's a new, um, it's not new, but it might be new to some of your listeners. The concept of a social enterprise, and this is when you decide to go all in, okay? This is like, I no longer want to run a clothing business. I want to run a business that helps people get back on their feet and teaches them skills that happens to be a clothing business, right? This is when you make the commitment to a social enterprise. So your goal is social good, and the money you make from the business goes back into supporting it. Another example here in Ottawa, um, one of the youth bureaus has um, a place where you can come and have your bike tuned up and they train youth to have those skills as mechanics and managing your bike and all the proceeds from that go back in. Prediction, by what are we, 2040, I would say that if not 10 to 20% of all businesses will be a social enterprise of some kind because... We have empirical data and there's research to support it that given the choice of a business versus a business with a, with a social responsibility, or we call it sometimes call it corporate social responsibility, the next generation, 75% of the time will pick the business with a cause. It's the way they're wired. Mm -hmm. Well, my 18 year old is teaching me that. She catches yeah. me on so many things. I mean, it ages me. I mean, it ages my thinking. Yeah. It doesn't age me because <laughs> I still think my birth certificate is wrong. But it ages, my <laughs> it ages my thinking because you realize some of those generational beliefs that you have just taken on as your own without discerning or thinking about. And she really can call me out on things. And I love that. But that is not taught by me. I can just own that. That is her generation, the culture they're creating. And I'm so grateful for it because they're far more aware, empathetic, um, 
I, I want to use the word acute, but I'm not sure what the next word is. Like they're just, I think discerning, yeah. Jen, they, they're, they're like to use your word discerning. They're not just going to throw their money at anything. They're a lot more thoughtful um, and they care where the purse was made, right? They, they're not interested in just any purse and especially not if it was made in a sweatshop because they really identify with those, those workers. And you and I are more like, I don't know if you're Gen X, I'm certainly think I can still stand in the Gen X rule, which is we straddle the boomers, right? Who still remember World War II, who still remember scarcity. Um, and we have these beautiful kids that are 18 years old that are going to take the world by storm and they're not going to compromise. And so we have this kind of kind of unique lens, I think. I think the world needs us um, because we can translate both sides. We're close enough to both sides. Um, yeah, that's my approach. That's my yeah. thought. We marry the two, don't we? We, we create do. the the word. I don't love the word, but quote unquote balance. We create the balance yeah. because it's like that middle ground that isn't right or wrong either. It's just you have the both perspectives and have lived both perspectives. And so it makes you, oh, I like that. I really like, I'm going to own that. <laughs> yeah. I never really considered that before. That is, that's a really beautiful place to be. And yeah, I, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. And I think that does come with maturing too, that as you mature, you open your eyes and your heart to more and realize that, yes, um, wealth, freedom, financial freedom is a beautiful experience and one that we all get to have based on how deeply we want to go. But there's also a but to that. There's like a caveat. It gets to some point where it's like, but that's still not even enough. And so if that's not enough, Instead of thinking, oh, I'm selfish. How could I still want more? My belief is it's our soul, our heart calling us into greater impact and bigger fingerprints and footprints left on this earth. That is the calling. It's not necessarily more money, more wealth. Yes, it's that's right. More out there, more Jen, more Jenny, more people touched by our experiences, our wisdom, our, our love, our grace. That is, oh, I get God bumps. <laughs> That's what we're here for. I'll never forget when one of my coaches along the way said to me, Jenny, who taught you to play small? You know, it just, it took the wind out of my sails because um, I didn't even realize I was doing it. And, you know, philanthropy, going back to giving, it's always been such a private thing. And I, I like, I, there's no judgment here. If it is still a private thing, I know it's a very private thing for my parents, just talking about that generational thing. But, you know, I'm kind of now of the place where I have a little bit more influence and I have a little bit more power. And if you're listening, thinking, you know, I want to make a difference with my business. This is not only my livelihood, but it's who I am. It's my biogra biographical contribution to the world. Then I think the opportunity to open up a relationship with a charity, charity that means something to you or that touched your life and the vulnerability to um, tell the world how that charity makes a difference and why it matters to you. Oh, like sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. So can we go through one to 10 again, just to summarize? And then I have a few things, a few ideas that I'd love mm -hmm. to drop in alongside of you to the entrepreneurs mm -hmm. listening in that they could take right away and apply into their business without even having to do big consideration. Absolutely. And if this is like, this feels, if this feels like a, a calling, like for those of you that are listening, you're like, yes, like I'm aligned. Like 
this this is what I was here for because usually it comes very clearly Jen it's either yeah well whatever you know um th that's fine but if this is something that's really calling to you listen to that you know don't just let it pass on I, I feel it's appropriate we're going to be dropping this at the beginning of 2022 because you know everybody thinks about giving in at Christmas or holidays or the end of the year and it doesn't have to be that way. We can actually incorporate this in. So let me see if I can do this. So 10 ways that you can incorporate generosity into your brand and into your strategy. Number one, a percent of your proceeds. Number two, cause marketing or like a special item that you offer where the proceeds go to your charity of choice. Number three, a sponsorship. I'll give you this money. You give me these benefits. Number four, joining a board of directors or volunteering in whatever capacity that means for you. By the way, great business development opportunity, I might say. Uh, number five, lending your celebrity to a cause or a mission that matters to you, sharing your marketing arm with them. Number six, uh, making an in honor of donations. So I so appreciate you. Um, like I did with my accountant, making a donation to a charity and honoring that person. By the way, most charities, you just put in their email address and they get a little notification. Super easy. Number seven, hosting a third party fundraiser. That's fundraising jargon, but you host the party, you raise the money, and then you give the money in. Number eight, I wrote lend your platform. So lending your voice, whether it's your podcast, whether it's your speaking engagements, just to bring up the visibility for some of those charities that don't have the kind of marketing that you may have. Number nine, Jen Spiegel's favorite to date, give when you are in a rut. I love that one, right? Just if, if you're feeling like the money's not moving, just go and make a donation online. Um, and number 10, you know, if you're ready to do this all in, if this is something you'd like to talk more about, and I'm happy to have conversations, Jen, the, um, with folks about the idea of social enterprise. Um, you know, social enterprise is transforming your business so that you serve your mission, not your bottom line. Um, and that would be a social enterprise. And all of these things are um, ways that are near and dear to my heart that allow me as an executive coach to straddle um, the beautiful world of not-for-profits, but also corporate, because we need both. Um, and um, what I hope I've brought you is a cornucopia. That's my word today, Jen. Cornucopia of ideas and possibilities for how you can build this into your business. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And it's just so doable. I appreciate this about you. The, the 10 ways are not like, oh gosh, now I better budget and, you know, make big life changes in order to start giving more. It's just the thoughtfulness. Mm. And you brought something forward for me. I'm going to own this and I'm being really vulnerable with this, but I, I don't, I don't believe I'm alone. And so I'm just going to be willing to be vulnerable. I remember I did a scholarship and the scholarship stems from Black Lives Matter, where I felt a calling to give and to be generous and to be an open brand, an open person, an open leader to everyone, regardless of their financial circumstances. And I felt really good about that. That was something I felt really aligned with. It felt really pure. But here's the thing I have to own is it's kind of softened. I don't talk about it as much anymore. 
And what that, why I tell you this story is not to be judged or to judge myself because there's always a way to bring that back up and bring it forward. And this is a great reminder of that because coaches out there listening, those of you in the world of giving service, I really believe in scholarships. I really believe in making yourself accessible to someone who may not be able at this moment to afford your services for whatever reason, but this is such a feel-good way of giving. I remember when I've had people come in through that scholarship feeling so deeply connected to them and so in purpose and nobody else knew. It's nobody else's business, yeah, but it was such totally. an easy thing to bring into the business. So um, that's just my, I think my accountability. I bring that up for accountability within the brand to to share more about that, but also as just another way as an entrepreneur to bring something in your business where people feel like they're always welcome. Mm. That is so true. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ponder that one because I haven't thought lately either about the spaces that I have in my business for people. One thing I'm passionate about is mentorship. So the younger folks in my world, bringing people along their leadership journeys, that's very important to me and making things accessible for them to tools and opportunities you know, this whole um, conversation is really very, um, hey, what's possible? So the, the theme is rather than thinking of giving or philanthropy as an afterthought, after all the work is done, it's really kind of rooting the business and the purpose in those values and then reflecting that in the way you show up and the way you give. And maybe that's part of it too. You know, a lot of giving is very private um, and that's okay, but I'm one who believes People need to know, they need to have leaders who go out and say, that's why those big million trillion dollar checks to the universities and the hospitals matter. It's not because of the size of the check. It matters because people see others stepping up. And please never think just because there's four or five more zeros on that check that you can't make the same kind of difference with your fewer zeros or it means exactly the same thing. And every gift is gratefully received, mm. right? And what you're teaching is an inclusive business, inclusivity, um, a heart and eyes and ears open to the world around us, not just this narrow vision of our ideal client and our niche yeah. is. I mean, I'm so bored. Um, I I don't believe in those things anyway. So I, I love this idea of just everything coming from your heart center, just this this pureness mm. is coming through today from hearing this. Like, how are the other ways I can I can really build this for the masses versus just a few? Absolutely. What a Absolutely. breath of fresh we, air. We, that heart-centered business, right? That's kind of what we're talking about here. And and it, it it's yours for the taking. It it can be whatever your heart mirrors, really. It's just up to your you and your vision. Mm. Well, this is a, a masterclass, friends, that I hope, my goodness, I hope you save and you listen again, because some of these masterclasses, you know, they feel good when you listen to them first time. You're like, oh, that was a great podcast, mm -hmm. Jen. Thanks, Jenny. It's awesome. I'm coming over and I'm following you. And I really enjoyed listening to you and the, the feelings. It's like reading a book. Mm -hmm. You know, you feel good after you close the book. You're like, oh, that was so good. And then we go about doing things the way we've always done things. This is one of those masterclasses that I want to challenge us to save and revisit 
so that we actually apply some of the things we've learned today and it actually creates a change. It's not just one of those feel good hours that you're like, oh, that was so nice. Instead, it's, wow, I've completely changed the way I approach my business and things that I am bringing into my business to create that feeling, that heart-centered leadership within my company and, and the business I'm growing. Jenny, everybody must go follow you because that's just Aww. a treat. So where can they find you? Well, uh, maybe Instagram's the easiest, Jenny Chavender. And I'll say that Chavender is spelt like lavender, except with a CH at the beginning. I always tell people that. And for fun, just because I can, Chavender is actually a fish from the East Coast. And um, I named the company after it because this fish is very adaptable. It can live in salt water, fresh water. It doesn't mind if things are messed up and murky. And I just thought it was a perfect analogy for someone that works with not-for-profits and with leaders. You know, the word pivot, I dare I say the P word. Um, we've all learned so much this year. So Jenny at Chavender or Jenny Chavender on Instagram. My email is Jenny at Chavender.com. Um, and would love to connect with people that want more giving in their business. Um, some of my signature programs, if I may, Jen, um, is the Up Uplift program is going to be kicking around. Um, that is my signature mastermind where we uplift you your leadership, your organization, and of course, your fundraising dollars, as well as one-on-one -on -one coaching for passionate, and I'm going to use the word ambitious, uh, executive women um, who are ready to up-level their skills. Those would be two that I would highlight. And maybe if this whole conversation about money and giving has really weirded you out and makes you feel really wonky, um, also happy to talk about money archetypes and money assessments. It's been a huge anchor in my learning. Sounds funny that a fundraiser who talks about targets all day would have issues with talking about money, but I certainly did. And um, I'm, I'm working. I think I've come a long way, but really enjoy bringing people along that journey because it, it's it's so fundamental, you know, your relationship with money. So that's me, Jen, in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I am just, I have to do a plug here, um, friends, because, okay. and you, I think everybody knows me now who listens to this, that when I do a plug, it is, it is a meaningful one. Jenny is so breathtaking and considerate and thoughtful and wise and willing to stretch herself. If you are an executive who is listening to this right now, or you're an entrepreneur who is just craving being able to attach your mission and your business to the mission of the world, I really want you to reach out to Jenny. I just, just ask questions, build a relationship, be in her presence it's just an honor and a pleasure in my life. And I want to share her with the world. She's just incredible. So Jenny, you are a blessing. I love you dearly. This Aww. was exceptional. This was such a great mm. masterclass. And I cannot wait for people just to, to grow and, and be more thoughtful through their business. I love it. Thank you for having me, Jen. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to Becoming Iconic, the Masterclass. I trust this was a gorgeous experience for you and full of expansion. And now I'm going to give you three opportunities right now to step further into your leadership. And we're going to do that through action and generosity. The first way is please share this podcast right now on your social media and make sure to tag me either Jen Spiegel or Becoming Iconic podcast because I love resharing you. The second thing is through connection, sending the link to someone specific who you thought of as you were listening to this information and 
this masterclass? Who came upon your heart? That's a really beautiful form of leadership. And the third way, it takes one minute of your time, but the ripple effect is huge. And that's by leaving a five-star review and a comment below. When you do that, more people learn about becoming iconic masterclass and more people enter this community. And with more comes more souls and more connection and more growth and more expansion and all the things that we all desire. So those three things are ways right now you can show up in your leadership and generosity and action the things that you are learning. I appreciate you so much. I can't wait to be with you again next week. And until then, go carve and create and savor your diamond life. It's yours.